You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. disciples, the men and women that were gathered, the Apostle Paul, it was said that they did what? Turn the world upside down. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit in them. They were relying and trusting on the Holy Spirit. Actually, they turned the world right side up. They turned the world right side up for Christ. How did they do that? They walked according to the Spirit and not to the flesh. They acted according to God's plans and method, not their own. We likely wouldn't have any clue who any of Jesus' original disciples were if they hadn't followed him. He took average men, nobodies, and he turned them into world changers. As Pastor Dave will remind us in today's message, because of the Holy Spirit, we have that same power available to us. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 14 as he continues his message, Orphans No More. encouraging them to be ready for what? For a new way in which they will relate to God from now on. It will be foreign, but it won't be really new because it's Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is replacing himself with the person who has all the same qualities that he has. I wrote this. Jesus is replacing himself with him. What? Jesus is replacing himself with him. Jesus the Son is going back to the Father. Jesus, God the Son. The Holy Spirit, God, is coming down to live in us. He's replacing himself. They're one. You're thinking, I don't understand. God never asked you to understand. He asked you to believe and have faith. To trust. To trust. So we have to look at the first question we might have. What's the ministry of the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? He's the one that comes alongside us. He's the one that comes alongside us. And this is exactly what the disciples need right now. The disciples need comfort. They they need peace because their master is leaving and they're upset. They need this peace that surpasses all understanding. They need their hearts and minds guarded because Christ is leaving them bodily. And yes, Jesus said the Holy Spirit comes and he teaches us all things. He, He brings to remembrance the words of Jesus Christ. Case in point, have you ever been witnessing to someone and you're talking to someone and all of a sudden out of your mouth proceeds in a scripture that you never memorized that seems to be obscure? And after it's done, you go, where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit giving you his words, giving you God's word because he knows just what that person needs to hear at that time. And so the Spirit comes out and speaks for you. He gives you the words of Christ. So that's what happens. The Holy Spirit always And repeat it. The Holy Spirit always testifies of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit never points to himself. Always to Jesus. Always. That's important to remember that. What does the Holy Spirit do in the world today? He convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He guides us into the truth and he shows us all things. 
The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. He shows us the things of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit gives us power. Acts 1, verse 8, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea. You know, the scripture, we'll read it again in a minute. The Greek word for power, dunamis. Dunamis, the same word that we get dynamite from. So Jesus, this Holy Spirit, gives us this dynamic power. This dynamic power to do what? To live the Christian life as it's supposed to be lived. To resist temptation. To, to be a witness for Jesus Christ to others. This dunamis dynamic power, which is what the Holy Spirit does. And in these same verses, Jesus is talking about two different relationships with the Holy Spirit. Look at 17b. He says, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. And here we have two relationships that we have with the Holy Spirit. Again, Greek words. You have to, this is very important. He uses two prepositions. The first one, the Holy Spirit will be with you. He uses the Greek word para, P-A-R-A, meaning with. The Holy Spirit is with us. He convicts us of sin. He testifies that Jesus took our sin upon him on the cross, and he leads us to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is with the world today, as we said, convicting of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit is always with you, convicting you. When you do something and you get convicted, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's with you. This is the first relationship. The second relationship says, and he will be in you. This is a different relationship. A different, but it's number two. It's the second experience. When you've accepted Jesus as Christ's sacrifice on the cross, when you become born again into a living hope, the Holy Spirit indwells you. That's scriptural. The Holy Spirit comes into you. It's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He comes in you. Jesus just said that. The word in Greek is en, E-N, in you. A couple scriptures that help us clarify this. In Corinthians specifically, in Corinthians 3, in verse 16, Paul writes, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? He's talking, about, talking to the Corinthian believers. And then again in chapter 6, in verse 19, he says something very similar. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? When you have from God, you are not of your own. And finally, over in Romans, in chapter 8 of Romans, in verse 9 of chapter 8 of Romans, we see this. Paul writes again, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is in us. So we have two relationships with the Holy Spirit. The para, or the with, and the in, or the in. We have that. But, at Calvary Chapel, those of you who have been around long enough know that we believe in a third relationship with the Holy Spirit. We believe in the third relationship with the Holy Spirit. Again, the Greek word. Go back to Acts 1. When we go back to Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus, talking to the disciples, says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is called the epi, E-P-I, upon this is a separate experience. Jesus called it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist called it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many people call it just being filled with the Spirit. It doesn't matter as long as you've experienced this thing. 
as long as you experience this relationship. It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit with you, have the Holy Spirit in you, but it's something totally different to have the Holy Spirit upon you, giving you the power. Remember what Jesus was talking about at the Feast of Tabernacles when we studied John 7? He said that out of you will flow torrents of living water. He was talk, John explains it and says he was talking about the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He comes upon you and empowers you to do work, to witness, to live, to do whatever you need to do. The Holy Spirit does these things in you. He's a gift from the Father. We celebrate Father's Day. Accept this gift. The Holy Spirit abides in the believer. He's a gift. He's the answer to Jesus' prayer. During his earthly ministry, it was Jesus who guarded them, who taught them, who guided them, who was basically the one who did everything for them. But now he's going to leave. And the Holy Spirit would come and dwell in their hearts and basically take the place of Jesus in them bodily. The world can't receive the Holy Spirit. The world can't receive the Holy Spirit, it says, because they don't see him. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And everything we have, we have by faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. Gifts of the Holy Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ. They all come by faith in Jesus Christ. So he's talking about them. And he wants to reassure them one more time. He wants to give them one more kick and boot to reassure them. So this is what he says. And let's finish up in verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, in the original King James, it says, I will not leave you comfortless. In Greek, told you there's a lot of Greek words today. In Greek, the word for comfortless, orphanos, which is where we get the word orphans. Orphanos, which is where we get the word orphan. He says, I'm not going to leave you orphanless. What a comfort this must have been for the disciples. They're, they're shaking in their boots because their Savior's leaving. And he's saying, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphan, guys. I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the comforter. He's going to come. I'm, I'm going to come back. It's okay. You can get through this. They knew Jesus never lied. They knew Jesus meant what he said and said what he meant. They knew that now maybe they could face the next day. Even though in just a few short hours, it would all change again. Peter, uh, Jesus' prophecy about Peter, he would deny him. The rest of them would just run for the hills except John. Now earlier... We talked about what made these disciples look like superhumans. And I told you it was the first thing was that they were with Jesus Christ. Well, the second thing was right here. The second thing was they were not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. This made all the difference in the world. Just look at the apostles' disciples' lives before Pentecost and after Pentecost. Before Pentecost, Peter was denying Jesus. After Pentecost, he's standing there preaching the gospel, talking about the gospel, and 3,000 people get saved. Saint Peter, what was the difference? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit had come upon him and given him power. They're, they had boldness to proclaim the word of God. They didn't dilute the message. They proclaimed it clearly, and people heard it, and people came and were saved. They didn't fear man. They didn't fear man. In fact, I love what this says in the uh, book of Acts. The, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, 
the disciples, the men and women that were gathered, the apostle Paul, it was said that they did what? Turn the world upside down. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit in them. They were relying and trusting on the Holy Spirit. Actually, they turned the world right side up. <laughs> they turned the world right side up for Christ. How did they do that? They walked according to the Spirit and not to the flesh. They acted according to God's plans and method, not their own. They kept in mind the purposes of God and the priorities of God and not the priorities of men. Sadly, tragically, sadly, I believe one of the reasons the church is not as effective today is because we're not relying on the Holy Spirit. We just read that in Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? What you started in the spirit, why are you now trying to make perfect in the flesh? I see that happening everywhere. We're more interested in programs. We're more interested in entertainment. We're interested in surveys. We're trusting in all sorts of other things else except the spirit. We're not depending on the spirit. We're trying to turn the world upside down by our own means. If you want people to come to Jesus Christ, and I know that everyone out there has someone in your life who is not saved, who has not been born again, who has not accepted Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. I know every one of you has at least one person out there, and you know it's God's perfect will that all would come to salvation, all would come to knowledge. We need the Holy Spirit to give you the power, to give you power to live the Christian life the way it's supposed to live in front of them so they don't be drawn to Christ, to give you the power to resist temptation when it comes along, to give you the power to be bold and have courage to witness to them, not caring what they say, not caring if they think you're weird, not caring. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he gives us this supernatural power to know and to do his will, to share the gospel, resist temptation, and live a life that's pleasing to him. What, does it like, what is it like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked that too. Paul, writing to the Ephesian church in chapter 5, says this in verse 18. He says, I'm going to read 18 through 21. He says, And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to another in the fear of God. That's what it looks like to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And the word filled here, once again, has several meanings. It might mean as, a, as the air hits the sail of a boat and drives the boat along. So the Holy Spirit... It's us, and it moves us and drives us along. It also carries the idea of permeating, of actually permeating, and this is more like it. you got a picture here of God wanting the Holy Spirit to permeate every part of your life, everything that you do, everything that you think, everything that you say, everything, everything. The original language says this, be ye being filled. Be ye being filled. And my favorite example, take a glass of water, fill it with, take a glass, empty glass, fill it with water, and as it comes up to the top, continue to pour the water in. Does the glass empty? No, it just flows over the top, but it stays filled. That's the torrents of living water coming out of your life because of the Holy Spirit. That's the torrents of living water coming out of your life. Spirit infiltrating every area of your life our prayer life, our worship life, even 
our places of business and the way we do business with each other and especially the way we treat each other. The Holy Spirit leads that. As we choose to yield to the influence of the Holy Spirit, we will experience a dynamic change in the way we live. A dynamic change in the way we live. When we do this, we're making ourselves available to the Spirit. We're saying, Spirit, have your way. Do what needs to be done in my life. It's not for me to decide how I live. It's for the Spirit to decide. In fact, it's already been decided in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What is our part? To yield, to be available, to be willing to follow wherever he leads. Maybe you're having problem with the Christian life. Maybe you've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried again, and you just can't get it. Things just aren't going the way you think they should. You keep failing, you keep falling. Well, unfortunately, I believe you're trying to live the life without the Holy Spirit. You haven't fully acknowledged the Holy Spirit. You haven't fully given the Holy Spirit access to your life, and you're not following him fully. Listen to the, what great, the great D.L. Moody said about this. You might as well try to hear without ears, breathe without lungs, as to try to live the Christian life without the Spirit of God in your heart. It is through the Spirit of God that we're able to live as God intended. Our lives can become holy, set apart for His purposes as we yield to His Spirit. So where are we? Where are you? Do, do you have the comfort that the Holy Spirit gives? Do you have that comfort that He gives to you in your time of need? Do you have that boldness, that, that power, that dunamis power to be His witnesses? Or do you shriek back? Do you as a Christian understand this incredible resource that God wants to give you? Or maybe you're struggling with the Christian life still. Maybe you lack the power to resist temptation. You're always giving in. Maybe you lack the power to live for God. Maybe it's because you haven't asked. Yeah, that's why I said. Maybe it's because you haven't asked. You may be born again. The Spirit is living in you. Yes, it is. But maybe you haven't asked. You haven't experienced that third time. Listen to what Jesus says about this in the Gospel of Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, he says this. I'm going to read 9 through 13. Jesus is talking again about asking, seeking, and knocking. In verse 9, Jesus says, So I say to you, ask, and will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For who, everyone who asks receives... And he who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, would you offer him a scorpion? Here's the kicker. If you then, being evil, <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Ask. He's waiting for you to ask him. He's waiting for you to ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. He's waiting for you to experience that new life baptism of the Holy Spirit. That the Lord, the Lord will come upon you with power and give you the strength. Now, some of you, and I was too, there was a time when you're afraid. You're afraid to do this. You are afraid. But you know what? I'm not afraid of anything that God wants for me. 
I am not afraid of anything God wants. I am always open to whatever God would want to do in my life. I want it. Now, I told you before, when it comes to God, I'm greedy. God wants me to have it. I want it. I want it, Lord. You want me to have it? Let me have it. Let me have it. Let me have it. I'm not the least bit afraid that God may want me to have it. I'm not concerned about making a fool of myself. Guess what? I do that all on my own all the time. I'm not worried about God making me make a fool. But I know with his spirit empowering my life, man, I could live this life better. I could live this Christian life better. I can be a better witness for him. I can talk about him more because he'll give me scriptures in mind. I can love people who are unlovable. Not that there's any of you. I can, I can just, just show the God's love to anybody I might meet. But I need that power because I'm helpless without that power. I am helpless without that power, so I have to ask, God, if you want me to have this, I want it. I can't grieve the Spirit. I can't quench the Spirit. And I can't ignore the Spirit. And if I ignore the Spirit, folks, ignoring the Spirit is ignoring God. We just said that there's three in one, a triune God, God the Father, Jesus' Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three in one. So if you ignore one, you're ignoring them all. You can't ignore the Spirit. You certainly can't grieve the Spirit. I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that. You've got to accept. If God wants it for you, how can it be bad? God would want you to have that so you can witness of Jesus Christ. It's the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is witnessing for Jesus Christ. Go back to read Acts 1, verse 8. Why does he want me to have it? Because he knows me. He knows my frailties. He knows my inadequacies. And he says, okay, Okay, I'm going to give you this power source right here. I'm going to make you into a superhuman individual by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here it is. You can have it. It's a free gift, but you have to ask for it. It's waiting for you to ask. I want it. I need it. I have to have it. Lord wants you to have it. Don't be afraid of what God wants to do in your life. Don't be afraid of what God wants to do in your life because he has a miraculous thing planned for each and every one of you. I have no idea what it looks like. I'm not a seer. I don't know what it looks like. It's individual. But I know it's going to be good. If God wants it, it's going to be good. Well, what if it leads me to the hospital? Well, then it's going to work out good. I don't know. We don't know what God has in store. Talk to some of the people here who have been through some horrible circumstances and see how God used them mightily to deliver his message in the most craziest of circumstances. Because they were willing they submitted to the Spirit. They were willing to let God be God. That's, that's a wonderful thing. We call him a good, good father. Is he not? Yes. Well, if a good, good father wants to give you good, good gifts, why are you saying no, no, no? <laughs> You're right. We really don't know how good he is or else we do not believe he's good. There you go, folks. There you go. He wants you to have this. Maybe the Spirit's not even in you. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the first point. That's where it begins. You must be born again. You must accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are a The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.